0: Winning's hard, really, really hard. Monday edition of the Winning is Hard podcast, especially when you lead by 21 points over Oklahoma. Cameron Parker, Westcott Ebert's here. Westcott, a lot of reaction to this Oklahoma loss. Um, Hasn't been pretty on social media or the message boards. Just want to get your take on it. What's your angle following this Texas loss? Caleb Williams is really good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep, it, keep it short. Sarkeesian, of course, addressing the, the Monday press or addressing the, the game following his uh, Monday press conference today. Uh, probably one of the most exciting games in, in recent memory, but also being called one of the most devastating losses in recent memory. Just, you think that's correct? Or, or how, how would you rank this in the uh, echelon of great Texas losses? <laughs> uh, certainly,
1: um, you know, as I kind of reflect back on, you know, some of the, the red river, um, showdown games that Texas has played over the last two decades. Um, you know, I think it's hard to argue that, that this was, it certainly, it wasn't the best result for Texas. Um, you know, the, the 2000, 2005 win, you know, probably the most, the most thrilling, um, you know, 2008, 45-35 uh, was just a, a really fantastic game, and um, you know, 2018, Texas blew a 21-point lead in that game as well. Cameron Dicker was able to kick uh, the game-winning field goal. Um, overall, just in terms of drama, though, I, I think this was, you know, maybe the the most dramatic, um, you know, Red River. Uh, showdown that, that's been played in this his been the history of the series. It was certainly uh the highest scoring game and um, you know, also became the, the second largest comeback uh for Oklahoma as um, you know, things went really poorly for Texas in the second half. I believe they were outscored um thirty-five to
0: seven. Yeah. Uh, thirty five to ten, sorry. I think looking back at the the losses in the Red River Shootout—I don't think they've been heartbreaking. I think they've—they've they've been um, uh, what frustrating is the word I'm looking for. They've just been frustrating because now it's seven straight years where the final score has ended in a one-score game. Seven straight years, and in every single one. of on the- of them that Texas has lost. You can go back and, and you can kind of pinpoint, well, they they should have won this game if they did that. And it just doesn't seem like it, or it doesn't, it seems like it doesn't matter who the head coaches of the Texas team in these games, right? Sarkisian, Har- Herman, Strong, Mac Brown, they they always seem to find a way to lose these games where you're just, you don't understand how they don't win. Yeah, I think, um,
1: you know, certainly uh, the success that, that Oklahoma has had has, um, you know, been, been a result of of their preparation. I think, you know, better coaching. I thought Texas was a better coach team um, in the first half against Oklahoma. And um, in the second half, they weren't. I thought um, Sark made some questionable game management decisions uh, that really started at the end of the first half uh, when he, he didn't call a timeout uh, before the third down play until he had let about 20 seconds or so come off the clock uh so when texas was able to convert that third down uh, they didn't have enough time um you know to be able to run any more plays before having to settle for the field goal certainly you know in, in a game that was decided by such small margins um you know just a, a, a small decision like that um you know had a big influence on the outcome and you know so i think when i when i look back over you know, what's what the difference has been, you know, Oklahoma has, has been consistently, you know, the better coach football team. And uh, because of it, their players have been put into better uh, positions to succeed. And, um, you know, once again, unfortunately, uh, that ended up being the case, um, even though I, I thought the um, the offensive and defensive scripts uh, for Texas um, were much better to start the game than uh, they were in the, the last three years of, of the Tom Herman era. Yeah,
0: I think you got to give. Kudos. I think you gotta give kudos to Oklahoma and their and their players and their staff because a lot of teams would have just quit after going down twenty eight to seven. But I personally I never felt like the game was out of hand for Oklahoma. I still felt they could eventually come back and of course they did, but just a, a good job of not giving up at all in that game. And I think that kind of shows you on the opposite side where Texas is at and Sarkisian talked about in his press conference today about keeping that mental focus for all four quarters. And there was a lot of uncharacteristic plays that he saw in the second half. You know, we can talk about the offense here, but three straight offensive possessions where there was a a flag on an offensive lineman, just losing that that mental, the focus. And that brings you back to the Arkansas loss where he talked about this team needs to learn how to hate losing more than they want to win, right? just i don't i don't know the mental psyche of this program where it was at following Tom Herman i'm not in that locker room obviously but it just feels like this Texas team they've lost at least 3 games the last 4 years they're used to losing it just doesn't feel like they're they're mentally strong to kind of to hang and just the defense just a little bit of lapses in pass coverage defensively it just seems like this Texas team isn't mentally as strong as Sarkisian wants it to be
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, I think sometimes, you know, you can talk about, um, you know, mental toughness in terms of not giving up. Uh, But I I think, you know, what happened with Texas in the second half, um, you know, when the Oklahoma running game was really able um, to get going, um, Oklahoma in the second half uh, ran for 190 yards on only 19 rush attempts so they averaged uh 10 yards per carry you know really they were able to bring back the counter scheme uh there's a post up about you know what happened in, in the running game um that i, I wrote yesterday uh Oklahoma was able to bring back the counter game had some wrinkles uh caleb williams providing the run threat you know made a big difference there as they started uh, running some of those direct snaps to kennedy brooks uh that accounted for uh, two of those late touchdowns for Oklahoma, um, you know, putting you know wide receiver in motion and, and Drake Stoops uh, to let him serve as an extra blocker, you know, really get three guys, you know, pulling, you know, around the edge, uh, making blocks. And I I think what happened for Texas, uh, you know, to go back to the point about mental toughness is that, you know, mental toughness for Texas, um, in that situation was trusting their technique and fundamentals and trusting that their teammates were going to be in the right place to make plays. Um, you know, Sark said today that, that he thought, you know, the defense was trying to do a little bit too much individually and that, you know, contributed to that breakdown in technique and fundamentals as you know, they struggled
0: to to really uh, get off blocks and and have the right run fits there. Oklahoma came into this game averaging 155 yards rushing, and they more than doubled that 339 yards. Uh, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I want to know what the yards before contact were for Kennedy Brooks. Uh, I mean, it just seemed like he was already downfield, and you talked about it. You had a great piece about what Oklahoma did, you know, to help out in the run blocking, and and Texas just – didn't seem they were they were ready for it, and you talked about, or Sark talked about, just defensive linemen trying to do too much, and and now with the loss of Jacoby Jones, we can talk about the injuries too. Jones out had surgery on a foot. It's it's gonna hurt this defensive line going forward, and I don't is is there a hope on the other side? I think the big hope uh, when it comes to the
1: defensive line is providing more playing time to Alfred Collins, Um, you know, piece up that I I just finished writing before uh, we started recording here. Uh, You know, Collins is so important because the other options that Texas has at that jack-end position, Ovi O'Kofo and uh, Ben Davis, O'Kofo, graduate transfer from Notre Dame, Ben Davis, uh, formula I think he was with the number ten uh, recruit in the in the 2016 recruiting class um, at Alabama. Uh, both guys who are listed at, at under 240 pounds, um, so they're not guys who really have that mass that you'd really like to be able to set the edge in the running game. And you know, I, I thought that was something that that really hurt Texas um, after J- Jacoby Jones, um, you know, came out of that game. You know, both players, I think Okofu, especially excuse me, may be able to provide a little bit more um, in the pass rush for Texas uh, than than Jacoby Jones was able to. I I thought Jones was a little bit disappointing in that area because, you know, Keandre Coburn, you know, pointed him out as a guy that he thought was gonna have a breakout season. And, you know, that was
0: something that that I was buying into
1: as well during the off season.
0: Yes, I talked about Alfred Collins and how he's kind of stepped up recently. Um, And he, he believes that the offensive line has improved over every game, um, they looked good in the first half. Really, we're getting the Rattler. Rattler just making a lot of mistakes, but I don't know if that's more of just Spencer Rattler and who he is as a quarterback, or if really when Caleb Williams came in, he changed the complexion of the game. Uh, that's pretty obvious to see what, with his ability to run. Uh, he just he made some incredible plays with the ball throwing or, or running, and the defensive line just seemed to kind of get antsy you know they wanted to make the big plays that Sark alluded to and and Caleb Williams you know made them pay for it and Kennedy Brooks made them pay for it um offensively Texas didn't score a touchdown in the second half until their last drive their their first first four drives punt field goal punt punt then of course the Xavier-worthy fumble and a kickoff return, then the turnover on downs before finally scoring that last touchdown that tied up 48. Um, not not too many times we're talking about scoring 48 points and, and find ways to complain, but uh, just what are your thoughts on this this Texas offense that it seemed unstoppable, unstoppable at times. Excuse me, but also getting shooting themselves in the foot multiple times throughout this game. Yeah, I thought those, you know, penalties on the Texas offensive line were
1: really important and, um, you know, frustrating, too, because, you know, there's sort of, uh, you know, lapses in, in mental focus. Uh, I believe there were a couple of snap infractions on Jacob Majors, um, a holding call, I think, maybe on Junior Ongalau, and then there was a false start penalty on Derek Kerstetter. And, you know, Texas really couldn't afford that in the second half because, you know, I, I thought – the Oklahoma defensive line really stepped up and and played extremely well. You know, when Texas tried to run the football, um, they had, you know, a big run by, um, a big run by Bijan Robinson, um, on the, um, on the field goal, uh, drive that they went on, um, kind of midway through the third quarter. Yeah, uh, Robinson had a a 33 yard run. Other than that, uh, the offensive line wasn't able to create any space uh, for him at all. And I thought, you know, Steve Sarkisian made an understandable strategic decision to go away from the running game a little bit because it wasn't producing. But I also thought that he made a mistake in in trying to run some longer developing pass plays because, you know, just as the offensive line was getting overwhelmed in their run blocking, they're also getting overwhelmed in their pass blocking too, and that um, you know really sabotaged Texas. I had thought that he should have tested the perimeter of the Oklahoma defense a little bit more, um, as he did at times in the first half, including you know on that first play that he ran uh, Xavier Worthy with a seventy-five yard touchdown, and just you know to provide a chance to to get the ball out and to be able to negate um, all of the havoc that the Oklahoma um, offensive line, or defensive
0: line was creating um, on the Texas offensive line. Okay. Were you surprised that Roshan Johnson and Keelan Robinson didn't get a single touch on Saturday? I'm not really
1: that surprised by, by Roshon Johnson, you know, not getting any touches kind of, a, you know, it typically um, there's kind of a, a really a truly a flow of the game thing, you know, under Sarkeesian where, you know, sometimes at the end of a long drive, you know, Roshan Johnson will, will come in kind of around the red zone when, when uh, Bijan, you know, needs a blow. But, you know, I thought, you know, certainly if you're, you know, we're talking about, you know, trying to trying to test the perimeter of the Oklahoma defense in the second half, uh, Keelan Robinson, you know, is obviously a, a great candidate to do that uh, because of his speed and, and how dangerous he is when he can get on the edges of the defense.
0: CJ Fogel had a, had a really good, Tweet um, If you're interested in, in Pro Football Focus and their their grading system, uh, they gave the Texas O line a single digit grade in pass protection, and still Casey Thompson was able to ball out Xavier Worthy. Had an incredible game, a uh, breakout game, really. But now the news of Jordan Whittington having surgery on a clavicle Sark didn't give a timetable for neither Whittington or Jacoby Jones, but both had surgery. So you got to expect we're not going to see either of them for quite a while.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, this is just pure speculation on my part. I would be surprised if either one is able to uh, return before the end of the regular season. Um, You know, Jones, perhaps more likely because we don't know exactly what his injury is. uh, Broken clavicle, if that's indeed uh, what happened to Jordan Whittington, typically is about six to eight weeks of recovery. uh, Possible then that that he could return uh, right towards the end of the regular season. But certainly Jordan Whittington, a big loss for the Texas offense. uh, He's tied for the team lead in receptions. uh, Number two in receiving yards, 359. uh, Number two in touchdowns. Uh, with three. And I I think more importantly than that, uh, he's kind of become the security blanket for Casey Thompson on third down. Um, Eleven catches on third down, uh, nine conversions. Uh, Chip Brown pointed out today that eight of those conversions have, or eight of those conversions have been on drives where Texas eventually scored a touchdown. Uh, that's going to be an area where where he's going to be extremely difficult to replace. Uh, Marcus Washington, the junior, who's emerged as the best uh, perimeter blocker for Texas. Uh, Kelvonte Dixon, the redshirt freshman, who's, uh, you know, really a speedster, sort of in the mold of kind of a, a light version of, of Xavier Worthy. Both of those guys will you know, have some opportunities in practice. Uh, but, you know, Sark mentioned that Texas may uh, make some adjustments in, in terms of the uh, personnel groupings and that they have and uh, use more two tight end sets and, and more uh, two running back sets. And, you know, I think that fits with the skill sets that, that Texas has because, you know, guys like Jared Wiley and, um, you know, Roshon Johnson and, and Keelan Robinson
0: um, are, are just more proven players uh, with a better track record of success than Washington and Dixon. And Sark mentioned that Marcus Washington was someone that was going to have to step up with Whittington's injury. It's a big loss. You know, It's it, it sucks that we don't get to have a full season of Jordan Whittington. Um, of course, Texas lost Jake Smith in the offseason, his transfer to USC. So, you know, losing playmakers, but there is, you know, opportunities. I think we'll see more of Keelan Robinson. I think it's the smart thing to do um, out of the backfield, finding ways to get him into space and real quick to go back on you know the penalties that plagued texas in the second half i know texas won that game but it reminded me of the the 2018 cotton Bowl, right when when texas led by by 21 points and they had an opportunity to put the game away but on their offensive possessions towards the fourth quarter and the third quarter they just had so many penalties i remember there was a a false start penalty put them back it was you know first and 15 first and, and 20 something like that and they just couldn't get out of their own way and oklahoma was able to come back and, and tie that game up and fortunately for texas they were able to sneak out with a victory but that could have been just like this game on saturday another devastating loss and it just i just i keep coming back to the four quarter thing for the four quarters thing that texas just seems they can't they can't play a full four quarters against oklahoma but uh, any other thoughts on the Sooners or on Sarkeesian's press conference from today?
1: Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, Xavier Worthy with the fumble that he had. Um, you know, I thought, you know, a poor decision for him to bring it out. He was five yards deep in the end zone. Um, Danny Davis asked a good question um, about that today. You know, Sark said that, you know, from what they had been seeing from Oklahoma, that they thought they had, you know, a chance to be able to create, you know, a big play in, in the kickoff return game, you know, with the offense really struggling to move the ball. Um, so they put Xavier Worthy uh, back there with Deshaun Jameson because Oklahoma was cross-kicking a little bit. So they wanted to be able to have uh, two, you know, viable return men back there. What um, the coaching point um, on kickoff returns for Texas is, you stand two yards deep in the end zone. And if you have to move backwards, then you don't bring the ball out. And Sark said that what he thought happened with, you know, Worthy was that, you know, because he had to drift a little bit, he sort of lost his spatial awareness of where he was in the end zone. Um, And that contributed, you know, more so than, you know, just kind of Worthy being a freshman and wanting to make a play. Um, But ultimately the biggest issue, you know, on that play was that he fumbled at the end of it. Uh, Sark said that he thought he had the ball in the wrong arm. Um, And and certainly, you know, didn't protect it well enough as he, as he kind of came into contact, Um, you know, time when, you know, coaches really like guys to to get two hands on the football and make sure that they can uh, finish the play without the turnover. And, you know, probably um, the single most uh, significant play of the game after um, Oklahoma had just tied the game with a a touch, the touchdown to Marvin Mims and the two point conversion Uh, then Kennedy Brooks, you know, immediately had a touchdown run after that. And, you know, at that point, um, you know, it was always going to be really difficult uh, for Texas to, to come back and, and win the game. And, you know, that that ultimately proved to be the case, even though, you know, Casey Thompson led that remarkable touchdown drive that uh, featured, you know, Worthy kind of uh, redeeming himself a little bit with a, a touchdown catch.
0: Was that the first time that Texas had attempted to return a kick all game? Uh, no, there was one right before it as well where Roshan
1: Johnson, you know, brought it out, and you know, I thought that was – a little bit questionable too because that that ended up um you know hurting Texas's field position at a time when um you know they couldn't really
0: afford that struggling to move the football. Yeah, just watching the replay of Worthy's fumble, it, it like the way Deshaun Jamison kind of reacted when he caught the ball, you know, he almost was starting to head towards the sideline. He was kinda surprised that Worthy was gonna return it and, and Sark talked about in his press conference that it wasn't more of him returning, it was just more of, of them just doing uncharacteristic things on that return that may have been blocking and of course, having the ball in the wrong hand. So just a learning lesson as he talked about, but you know, a, a critical turnover at the very end of the game that you just, you can't afford. And there it is, just those, those mental lapses, you know, really cost Texas, I think in that game more so than anything else. Um, anything else before we wrap up?
1: No, just, um, I mean, uh, really impressed by, by Caleb Williams in that game. Um, His composure, uh, fumbled the ball a couple times, was able to pick it up, uh, make plays, his ability, um, you know, his composure to step up in the pocket, deliver balls downfield. I thought his running ability, you know, really changed the game for Oklahoma, Um, you know, really holding the the backside uh, Texas defenders and and allowing more space for Kennedy Brooks. Um, And then, you know, really unlocking the downfield passing game um, that hadn't been, you know, there for Spencer Rattler. Uh, especially connecting with Marvin Mims, who, you know, his two touchdown catches were the first two touchdown catches for him, um, you know, this season. And, uh, you know, I, I would expect, you know, Williams to to get a chance um, to be the guy moving forward. And, you know, I was thinking earlier, you know, writing about Ben Davis, um, you know, Ben Davis forced that fumble uh, that ultimately resulted in, in Spencer Rattler Um you know, coming out of the game. And I think Texas scored a touchdown on that play. But I was just wondering if, um, you know, Texas might have been better off if, you know, if Rattler hadn't fumbled on that play because then he might have, he might have stayed in the game, um, you know, long enough for Texas to, uh, you know, create a a large enough margin to be able to win that one because, um, you know, Caleb Williams was just a a really monumental difference for the Oklahoma offense on a big stage and his first significant playing time in in two years. Just uh, really remarkable.
0: Yeah, I think Texas did a good job of game planning for Spencer Rattler. Uh, he had a his QBR rating was eleven point three. I'm not sure I've seen anything that low in a while. But we mentioned talking about earlier last week on our podcast about Oklahoma hasn't had any receivers really step up and. Always see them seem one step up in this game, and maybe it was Spencer Rattler holding them back, but Marvin Mims was the guy who did step up. You know that touchdown catch where his foot somehow wasn't out of bounds and able to get his shoulder inside the pylon. Remarkable. Um, can we take a moment to appreciate Caleb Williams and Casey Thompson's performance on Saturday? I know there's a lot of negative uh, with his loss, but the next couple of years, if Thompson and Williams stay healthy, they stay the starters. Um, we're going to have some incredible shootouts, I think. Yeah, no, certainly um, be reticent um, without talking about how well Casey Thompson
1: played uh, one of the most historic performances uh, for a Texas quarterback in that game um, didn't turn the ball over got hit early in the game suffered that thumb injury uh, battled through it stayed composed you know we talked about the composure of Caleb Williams Casey Thompson faced a lot more pressure had plenty of plenty of reason to lose his composure. Um, you know, to let his eyes start coming down to the pass pass rush. Um, it never happened. Um, he was able to lead that that big touchdown drive um late in the game, you know, that we mentioned with that pass to to Xavier Worthy. And um uh, you know, looking forward for Texas, you know, something that was really heartening uh was his ability to hit some of those big plays downfield in the passing game, um, including, you know, a, a long touchdown uh, catch by Joshua Moore. So, you know, getting Joshua Moore involved in the offense something that sark said a couple weeks ago that that he thought was bound to happen um i think is you know really positive sign for texas he's not going to be you know the third down threat over the middle that jordan whittington is um but you know of course if you can hit uh, those big passing plays downfield on on first or second down and and score long touchdowns then uh, you don't have to worry about
0: converting third downs yeah i think going into this game Thompson had only completed three passes 20 yards or more downfield with an interception and zero touchdowns and he had at least three on this game in Oklahoma so that was very encouraging to see he stepped up uh, another Red River shootout where a Texas quarterbacks performance is spoiled by Oklahoma ended up winning um, one stat for you Westcott before we close out and we get ready for the Oklahoma State game on Saturday since 2010 texas is 6 and 2 following a loss to oklahoma in the red river shootout can you guess who those two losses are to oklahoma state yes sir we'll see on saturday another another good one oklahoma state coming off a bye um westcott appreciate the time it was fun yeah unfortunately beating oklahoma remains really really hard for texas very hard, but hey, we might we might see a rematch in December. Yet to see, but all right. Well, we'll be back again later this week with the Oklahoma State preview pod. Appreciate the time. Winning's hard. Really, really hard.